This episode is a sponsored partnership by Keen. So, you finally decided that you want to seek psychic advice. But now you're just sitting there and you're asking yourself, why Keen? Shouldn't I just look into psychics near me? It would probably be a lot easier. Our response? Why would you? Keen connects you with talented tarot readers and astrologers. If you want to get a reading on Keen, it's super easy to start. They've been giving trustworthy readings since 1999, over 35 million to be exact. All you have to do is create an account, and you'll be able to choose from hundreds of readers who are online right now. These readers each have unique specialties designed to provide a deeper understanding of your situation. Want to learn more about your love life? What's your financial future look like? Are you looking for a closure from a deceased loved one? Keen has a reader ready to provide clarity and insight. You can choose whichever reader best suits your needs, and you'll be able to connect via phone call or text. Just go to trykeen.com potential. As a new customer on Keen, you can try your first 10 minutes for only $1.99, which is up to $99 in savings. Once again, that's trykeen.com potential. Get your first 10 minutes for $1.99. And remember, know your potential. Hey, Potential Podcast listeners, let's talk about today's sponsor, Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked makes professional health testing easy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. You can order a testing kit that will be delivered to you in discreet packaging. Once your sample arrives in the laboratory, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. These results are reviewed by a clinician and a member of the Let's Get Checked nursing team may call you to review your results. And Let's Get Checked laboratories are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. So, if you want to avoid an uncomfortable office visit or prefer the convenience and get tested at home, visit trylgc.com potential and get 25% off your test using code POTENTIAL25. Once again, that's 25% off your test by going to trylgc.com slash potential using the promo code POTENTIAL25. Take charge of your physical health and well-being and let's get checked. Yo, ho, yo, ho, a pirate's life for me. Oh, listen, mateys, I warn ye. There be a tale or two to tail ahead, and there might be gold <laughs> treasure, yes. <laughs> Chris, this is just a podcast, please. You're a little intense. Oh. Um and why are you wearing an eye patch? Let's just start the episode. Yeah, please. Talking all things entertainment pop culture, and nerdum. This is The Potential Podcast. Hello and welcome back to The Potential Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Dewar, and I'm joined by my swashbuckling sidekick here, 
and co-host Taylor Sokol. Well, folks, we're here today to talk about a summer blockbuster franchise that really took off and has is, is become just a huge sensation. And we're now in that kind of that leeway of waiting for the next chapter. Um, but of course, we're talking today about the Pirates of the Caribbean series. Oh, yes, man. I think the thing, Taylor, man, how how, you know, from that first film, how much has happened since 2003 it's not this is not quite really a big uh it's almost a big anniversary mark of 20 yeah. years we're at we're about 18 years right now we're a little shy but that's okay we got excited about it yeah. we got excited we had to do it we had to do it so <laughs> i guess taylor you know where we should start really is none of this would have happened without of course the attraction the pirates of the caribbean which originated at the disneyland resort and then of course was copied at walt disney world and it's been copied at most of the Disney resorts around the world. So before we get into the films, got to start with what are your some early memories of going on that ride and how that ride has been such a uh, staple of Disney entertainment? You're right. It's been like that mainstay where you think of the Magic Kingdom or any, just Disney you know, parks itself. That's I always think about the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, and I always laugh at the Jurassic Park line. Yeah, John, uh, the uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean bre- breakdown, they don't eat the tourists. Um, yeah. <laughs> but and it just, I remember that was, yeah, just one of my first rides that I think I did. I think Magic Kingdom was one of the first parks I'd gone to. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you know, you being growing up in California and, and a lot of the originators of these rides, you know, me going to Florida, a little bit different, but I think we still have that kind of fond memories where it was very cool and creepy and uh, and very eerie because I mean it was a very dark ride, um, in in terms of lighting and all that. So I, I really did enjoy just just the adventure and I think just that part of that park where it was you know Adventureland or, or you know and and you just felt like you were part of like this experience where you just felt like you felt like a pirate or you know and so i do remember just fond memory of that and then you know to think that that's one of the longest running attractions uh to this day in some of these parks it's amazing that it's still and and they and they've constantly not modified it but it still holds up really really fun fondly yeah it's such an immersive attraction you really you know like for example i mean over here in California, it's actually part of a land called New Orleans Square. And it's kind of the bridge between Adventureland and New Orleans Square. But, you know, from the outside, it looks like some colonial house situation, like some big mansion. And then you get inside and it's just the moment you're like in the line and the whole, you know, I love the concept of you're kind of like on the bayou in a way, like you're kind of like, you know, and then you start to head to the the famous uh skull and crossbones it's telling you know like uh dead men tell no tells and then you have that first drop and you're like oh wow so we're in for this adventure and there's so there's so many animatronics in that ride that's such a big thing that disney really pioneered is uh between haunted mansion and pirates um they think of these rides that have so many characters coming to life and there's so many rooms and it's a long ride it's not like it's a two-minute ride it's like a good eight-minute ride you're going through and it, it has a couple of thrills. It is like these huge scenes, these huge sets. And you're kind of thinking, okay, well, we, we've gone downhill like twice. So like this is, there must be this, this huge, huge building somewhere that they put this whole ride in. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of a impressive how massive the yeah, scale it is. Definitely. You definitely feel like you're in this, this all the world, uh, a whole new world. Uh, but I love a like going, 
pirates fighting above my head. Um, I think it's just funny, like when you go through that naval battle, we're like, ah, and they're they're shooting cannon fire, and the water's exploding around you. So to think like how cool that was would have been when that first came out and still coming back, you know, you know, I first came in the 90s to see that. And you're like, oh, my gosh, like you're ducking your head and cover. I remember as a kid, like mm. what is happening right here? And I love when you pass by and you've got the that iconic image of the skeleton, uh, you know, oh, yeah. uh, piloting the ship, piloting the uh, ship, <laughs> which is great because we would uh, we would see that image used much, much later. Yes. It is, yeah, it's just a fascinating ride. It's been such a staple of entertainment. So it's interesting to think that although that ride has been such a long um, you know, stay at Disney, the, the concept of film and television when it came to the pirate genre was not really doing really well in the uh, 80s and 90s. A lot of movies that came out um, just didn't do well. There's some that actually famously are some of the worst bombed uh, films of all time, or at least in that uh, era. And it was interesting that I think that there was a time where uh, I think it was shortly after Aladdin. We had, you know, Ted Elliott, Terry Rosio, um, two of the main writers for this series who wrote uh, the first four. And then Ted Elliott went on to write. He's going to help pen the the next chapter. They they were like, oh, it'd be kind of fun to take the pirate genre and do like a supernatural spin on it. But the studio had no interest in it because pirate stuff wasn't making money and so you know it's like it's weird to think that there was this time where this may have never happened you know well, this may I, have... pirate i think was just so laughed at i mean i think because of you know the the last great kind of pirate adventure uh it would have been hook uh you know at the time uh but you think of you know pirates it was just kind of just very goofy and like to think that pirates could be you know edgy and the fact that they were going to take pirates and make them like they were like celebrities. They were like rock stars. And I think that was the, that was the cool concept that they were going for. Yeah, because, I mean, if you really look at the history of pirates, obviously there's a lot of uh, negative stuff that happened, you know, yeah, very scurvy. brutal stuff. Um, yeah, apart from random diseases and, and all that stuff. But literally, you know, the idea of uh, pillaging and rape and, uh, you know, just a lot of uh, a lot of mythos around the idea of pirates. And so. I think it was it was neat to think, okay, we can maybe take the stereotypes, but let's put in a supernatural edge as this attraction has that, and let's come up with some kind of concept that would work. And so eventually down the line, uh, we had Jerry Bruckheimer coming on as producer, and they got Gore Verbinski to come on as director, and we were announced that there was going to be this movie called Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. To come out in 2003 and i just remember i mean this is like pivotal time when it comes to a, a movie like this coming out in the summer i think i was like it was summer before my sophomore year and you know so you're like you're at that right age where this kind of film is just gonna really hit you right where you know it's meant to it's it, it you know this this big bold adventure movie and as a longtime fan of disney you have that ride in your mind thinking, okay, there's also going to be ties into the ride and maybe, you know, Easter eggs and all this kind of stuff. So I think the first big news that hit was that the star was going to be Johnny Depp. And I mean, this time Johnny Depp was already obviously a main name, you know, star, but I feel like this was going to be the, this was going to be the franchise that was going to kick him off to even bigger stardom for the next 10 years where he really would take on 
so many big movies and leading roles, especially a lot of Tim Burton stuff, which he's already been, you know, that's where he started, but even bigger. But, uh, you know, Orlando Bloom coming off the Lord of the Rings, uh, Kira Knightley and Jeffrey Rush, who at that time, actually, I don't think I'd ever seen Jeffrey Rush, anything that I can think of. So that was kind of neat that this was like my introduction to him. And wow, I mean, the character work in this as uh, Barbosa is so awesome. But what were your early, you know, what was the you know, first time you'd seen that movie? What was like your thoughts? Because I mean, for a lot of people of this franchise, even though there's been a lot of fun additions with characters and CGI and bigger concepts, that first movie for everyone holds up as the best of the franchise. Well, going even back to like when it was announced, I kind of laughed at it thinking, oh, they're going to make a movie out of this ride. Like how cool is this going to be? But when I saw the first trailer, I was like, oh my God, this is going to be great. And I just remember first sitting in that theater, I actually went with my, uh, my grandfather, my aunt at the time. And uh, I remember seeing that and I was just blown away by how cool this movie was because it was just something about it really... The atmosphere was set so well and just the characters were fun. And just remember that first time we were introduced to Johnny Depp's Jack Sparrow, which is just such an epic entrance. The, because the ship. I know where he just he, there, and, dun, 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 and his, his Ravenlock swaying in the wind and his uh, ship sinking. So right and off the and bat. And he walks right into the plank with the music timed. <laughs> yeah. And it was just, it just, it kind of set the bar. Okay. This movie's going to be f- scary at times can be a little edgy but it's going to be a lot of fun and i think it was just such a blend of great humor and you know world building but i just remember being just blown away by this move a movie and even just you know we talk about how we our love up scores what an amazing score like klaus Badel, um just that dun dun you know and it, it just it's it addicting Oh yeah, and it's at that time. Anytime I'm thinking of sword fight, you know, us so Star Wars fans were with lightsaber. But I'm like, man, it just made you wanna wanna become a pirate. Just this movie. Yes, and also the really, you know, for this time and era, the CGI effects were outstanding. You know, obviously, um, if you're listening to this and you've never seen the movie, I don't know what's wrong with you. It's really one of the best. We say this all the time, time, but we still like to put disclaimers out there. Yeah, because you know, we, there might be people that just like listen to our podcast that don't actually watch movies or listen to this and think maybe I should get into the movie. Yeah, uh, it's a fantastic film. So you really should check it out if you haven't. But the use of CGI, especially with our cursed pirates as they go in and out of the moonlight, was such a cool concept. I mean, I think this is something that we've seen more used in a bunch of films um even you know you could look at something like um you know we just reviewed luca a few weeks ago the idea of fish out of water and when they go back and forth getting wet this i think is something that was inspired long term through something like this film where when these pirates are not in the light of the moon they do look like just pirates but then when they're in the moonlight they're full skeleton cursed and that was reveals what we truly are yeah (laughs) Um, <laughs> which is, oh, I love that. And it, of course, makes for some really epic uh, fighting at the end of this film when uh, the big duel between Jack Sparrow and, and Barbosa is going on. Yeah. And like they keep going in and out of the moonlight and all that stuff. I think we, we just got to go off for a little bit here, just talking about the character Jack Sparrow itself. Um, Johnny Depp, you know, being one of these pivotal actors who, um, you know, is usually very quiet and he's very, you know, uh, uh, subtle when he's on talk shows and, you know, he doesn't really have a huge, he's not some guy that has this huge personality. 
um, off screen. This was like such a big character for him to take on. And he did really fight to have this kind of drunken, almost flamboyant swagger about Jack. And the studio at first did not want that. Well, because being Disney, it's like being Disney, they're like, we can't have a character that always sounds like he's a bit a bit drunk, who's maybe had um, relationships with all kinds of people. And they, they, they did not see the value in that. And I think it was a combination of of Gore, the director and Johnny and, you know, seeing screen tests and there's, there's documentaries you can watch on this that eventually they got to keep it that way. And rightfully so. I mean, this character has become one of the most beloved characters Disney's ever made. Obviously, the most beloved from this franchise, and it got him a, it got him a, uh, a, you know, he he was nominated for an Oscar and for a, and I think he won the Screen Actors Guild Award for playing Johnny Depp. I mean, for playing Jack Sparrow. I believe so. And fun fact, uh, he based this character off of combination of Pepe Le Pew and uh, Rolling Stone's Keith Richards. Keith uh, Richards, which, which, which we'll fact, get to. Yeah, we'll get to later. A little later. <laughs> uh, but you're right. And I think that was the two things I will, I'll say about that. Well, number one, the fact that this happened, this, I think, film or this style film was a big turning point for Disney. Because again, at this time, there still wasn't a lot of live action Disney films. No, a lot of their stuff was, you know, it, you know, with with Disney Channel and more of the animated stuff that was their focus and family friendly. This was a great turning point to kind of blend the edge of bringing the adult audience in and the kids together. Um, so where you have these movies where there are those them- thematic elements, but also a little bit of adult, little innuendo, little humor. And that would that was great. And I think you see now with the legacy of all the films that have come since then. They've been doing that, especially even their live action versions of previous animated properties like Beauty and the Beast. They're doing a little bit more with that. But yeah, that was that character. Uh, he it, it made it authentic. And then also, he, again, like we talked about, you know, he saw the value like pirates, these pirates, you know, they're outlaws. They're kind of celebrities. Um, they're infamous. You know, they, uh, um, you know, they're they're really they are like kind of the rock stars they're like these out you know the the celebrities of the the caribbean and this time period so it was like well why not base it off a rock star and so i think that was great and all the just look at the intricate details of i mean all the costume stuff but i think a lot of what johnny depp did for his character he he kind of came up with a lot of these like little ticks and quirks and like i think he worked with the prop departments like this is what she had and there's all stories to all the stuff which eventually we'll learn a lot of the stuff later on in the film and he also, he really, I think, looked into this concept of this character being, like, as you said, kind of a rock star. Like, there's a lot of humor to the fact that he constantly it, it thinks that he's more famous a pirate than he is. <laughs> he has a sense of this delusion of grandeur. This delusion of grandeur of, of him, you know, like, which I think is a, a, what was so attractive about that character is that, yes, at times he's done bad things, but he's definitely, like, one of those anti-hero characters where at the end has, of the day, he has a moral, he does have a moral he, compass, he has a moral, and a real he, compass and a real compass. But, you know, seeing these moments where I feel like he really was playing it where he was like a step ahead of everyone, but he made it look like he was the fool. You know, it's that it's the, it's, it's kind of like the clever um, Shakespeare trope of the fool is the smartest character of the, of the film. And just so genius. And, that character would definitely evolve over the rest of the franchise in some ways 
okay in some ways not so okay but um that first film really is like a defining performance and I just, you know, there's those little moments, of course, being, you know, at that time, they probably thought this might be the only movie we're going to get to do those moments where they do get to play homage to the ride, like, you know, having the dog with the keys and like, this is the guys in the jail, you and know, of course, Tortuga and, you know, all the little scenes of, you know, people running around and around chasing, and you know, Gibbs, the wife chasing the husband, Joseph E. Gibbs. He's the guy in the pigsty, in the pigsty. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of these great little things that they, they, they put. So be like, all right, little Easter eggs for those fans of the ride. Cause obviously this movie would not take place if we didn't have this ride to base off. So I like that. It wasn't like a full, like it wasn't just a movie of the ride. They really came up with a really creative story. Uh, these great characters, you know, Barbosa and Jack being these two, uh, you know, very former diff- captain diff- and yeah, very different type of pirate, which is great. Captain and first mate. And then the whole idea of the, you know, they, they, put Jack away on an island and then, you know, he took over the ship, but then because of that, the curse of this treasure, they all got cursed. You know, there was a lot of great backstory that fueled the movie. And then having our two lovebirds of Orlando Bloom and Karen Knightley as well. And Elizabeth, it was just like a, a well-rounded cast. And, and then of course, a couple you know, fun side characters as well. A lot of the pirates, um, you know, there's just, it was such a fun, uh, filled adventure. It was a perfect summer blockbuster movie. Exactly. And it did pretty well. It made worldwide just under $655 million. Oh, that's not too so, bad. <laughs> which, uh, not bad. So definitely, obviously, there was a point where Disney thought, well, uh, we might want to capitalize on this franchise that did pretty well. And so this was kind of neat. I think this is something we haven't seen a lot um, that I know the the Matrix did this, and there's been other movies that have done this, but the idea of filming two films together to be kind of a part two and three of an overall arcing story, mm-hmm, yeah. um, which would you know, lead to Dead Man's Chest and At World's End. And these would have been released just under a year apart from each other. We had July 7th, 2006, and then May 25th, 2007. So I think obviously the first thing we got to talk about when it came to part two and three is of course the addition of Davy Jones. Oh, Bill Nye. Bill Nye. uh, Not only just an amazing time of, you know, thinking this is a few years after Lord of the Rings. So uh, motion cap is definitely becoming more of a highlight after Andy Serkis performance as Gollum. But this character like is just so like mesmerizing not only is it a mesmerizing acting performance but the cgi and the way to design his face this octopus face and the way he moves and talks and it's just like super eerie villain but again with that great backstory of this like love that he lost and the way like the way why he is like the way he is I'm like, this is like, it's genius. Like, it's such a genius character. They, you know, Barbosa obviously getting to come back and to play was a lot of fun, but. Yeah, but you you think to have such a good villain that um, Jeff Arash did with Barbosa, which again, still one of the most iconic villains, you know, oh, yeah. out there. And I think set the tone. So it was like, you got to get someone even, who could even be worse? You yes. know, who, you had to find a real heartless, you know, guy and he literally gave up his heart. So <laughs> let's, let's go, you know, full out. But I mean, the CG of him, the crew, and then building on again, the, which great is not only this is built on attraction, but everything that we've seen 
is all these films are are based off of some pirate legend. You know, we know of the tale of Davy Jones and his locker. Davy Jones' locker, yeah. Of course, we you know, very parody a lot in SpongeBob, where he does have a locker and it smells like socks. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this whole idea of the Flying Dutchman, and then of course the Kraken, which was like, okay, now not only do we have this um, this crew uh, of uh, you know a sea weirdly creatures. sea creature you know pirates amalgamation yeah the uh then you've got this oh he oh he also uh he has uh you know a large giant squid uh that will eat you up which is a great uh throwback to you know think of twenty thousand leagues under the sea exactly huge, mm-hmm. uh inspiration of course to any kind of movie that has to do with um uh being on ships and on the sea and you know of course the the giant squid and so but the Kraken being a little more uh, <laughs> yeah, beast-like, yeah. a little Remember more the page master? Remember the page master? What is it? It's a giant squid! Uh, I, just, I just thought of that. But, that, uh, that whole concept of uh, the, you know, when the when the Kraken does, like, you know, attack a ship and just how powerful it is and those giant tentacles and the way it just damages the hell out of this stuff. It, they really were like, you know, we had, I think what was fun is that they had this first movie. It worked out really well. It's a great story, great characters. They were like, we got to, we got to boost it up a little bit more. We got to go a little more crazy, a little more into the fantasy, I think, element four, two, and three, which they definitely did. And it, 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 got, it gave room to not only keep our characters um, bonded in some way and see how they grow, but then seeing how some of these new characters, you know, affect them and where we go. And especially with the locker, how they, you know, Gore Verbinski, if you look at some of his films, apart from Pirates, you know, he had like Rango and other things. Um, I think he did the Lone Ranger. He 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 likes a little bit of the weird, a little bit of the bizarre, and especially when Jack is caught in the locker and he keeps just seeing multiple versions of himself and he's going nuts. You could tell that there's there's a lot there that is just like. Oh. And, 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 and to be honest, like just my opinion, great movies, but those some of those moments like that kind of threw me off. Where I really was wanting to opt again from the original. Like it was kind of hard. Like still as young because we were still young lads seeing these movies, you know, I was like, I don't, I, these, he's too loony. There was a couple of those moments where it was a little like, okay, what are these characters doing? But, um, you know, <laughs> I, I think that was fun though, that Johnny Depp had so much to play with. And you think like all these adventures that he has gone on and there's so much backstory to his history, but he just, it was, this is lovable rogue that kept going. But, um, then you got to think of Stellan Skarsgård in there as Will's dad. Which that was a great, you know, Throwback that was a great pl- movie. plot point from the original is that, you know, he thought he was just some, you know, nice, you know, my, my dad was a sailor. And, you know, and it's like, no, you're a, you're Turner. <laughs> Your dad was a pirate. Yeah, pirate uh, you're blood. definitely a pirate. And him, I'm going to accept these pirates. And that was a great plot point. So to actually see that, um, you know, Bootstrap Bill was, is a prisoner on, uh, you know, Davy Jones ship and that whole plot there of him kind of, wanting to save his dad and try to, you know, maybe give himself up for his dad's place um, was a really cool concept. And then we have Tom Hollander here as Lord Cutler Beckett. And this, I did think it was a smart, they, they played a little bit into the first movie, of course, with uh, Norrington, you know, Jack Davenport playing him and Jonathan Price as the governor. Oh, I love Jonathan Price as governor. Swan. Oh, he's, he's, he's incredible. Um, but that I did like that in these first, you know, couple films, and they they do go into the uh, the fourth film a little bit with that as well. The actual more historically accurate idea of the British government 
taking East down East India East Training India Company. Yeah. yeah. So there is a little bit, you know, obviously very fantastical. There's no Indian yes. pirates that we know <laughs> of. Um, but uh, we never seen the Kraken. Uh, but uh, no, it was based on. I mean, this all a lot of this stuff about cracking down on piracy was a huge, huge part of history that they did really did kind of make that as authentic as they could. And but yeah, this film. I mean, well, these two films really. You could tell they really went off the deep end, <laughs> pun intended, with really going to the nth degree to make it a little more bonkers. I mean, like there's that whole sequence when uh, obviously another great reference to Treasure Island, uh, Jack getting the black spots. That's a fun little Easter egg there of, uh, you know, he's going to be the next target from the Kraken because he owes souls to Davy Jones and him going to this island so that obviously they cannot come on to land. And him becoming like the chief of this cannibal tribe and this whole big escape scene that happens on that island and him like, you know, there's that scene where he has that giant wood pole on his back and he's collecting fruit and then he like jumps and does like a double flip and lands and then he falls down this huge precipice. I mean, like there's so many moments where you're like, okay, it's at the point now where all this stuff, uh, these people should be dead but it just makes for the ridiculous of the entertainment value. Uh, that whole scene, you know, him, Norrington, Will Turner, all sword fighting off of this giant wheel in the jungle. I mean, <laughs> onto the beach, you know, it's, it's a lot of the ridiculous concept that I think added, uh, you know, it's that popcorn summer blockbuster where, you know, we, we have so many films, you know, that have come out since that, you can't take it as a sense of realism. You know, it's not, it's not meant to be like historically accurate. It's like, no, this is a lot of fun. And the third film, I mean, just going off and crazy, you know, getting to go to places like Singapore, uh, getting Chow Young Fat in there as a, you know, part uh, uh, ruler or leader. And then having like, you know, the, the, we have this, um, all the pirate lords, yeah, you know, it was the, the pirate skills or, you know, um, to kind of like to show that, I mean, to, up until that point, we thought pirates are just kind of doing their own thing. I mean, you see this double cross, but it's like they do have some sort of laws that are more like guidelines. Yeah, more uh, like but, guidelines. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that was really cool. And of course, you get little hints of uh, which we um, get, as we talked about earlier, we do get the actual Keith Richards, who uh, we who plays uh, Jack's father in there, which is which is a great subtle thing. It's not like hit over the head. It was just it, it was no, like, it's just a fun get... little like dad, and then they go, "How's mom?" And then he pulls out a shrunken head. It's <laughs> like wonderful. she's fine. <laughs> but I did like, yeah, they kind of you know having this. Oh, it's like the the pirate lords of the different areas of the world, because obviously most of this has taken place in the Caribbean, and so it was like, oh, we have you know pirates from all over the world, and then this idea of. Our, our last stand otherwise pirates will be will cease to be and you know just again that the idea of jack being a little off the the deep end a little bonkers he's gone to the locker and then finding that step for him to be a step ahead of cutler and uh finding ways to you know there's there's really going to be one pirate king and getting elizabeth swan to kind of take that mantle you know there's a lot of fun little uh, moments in that and you gotta talk about her she was throughout the series she's an incredible heroine where she's not again and i think this is great because it didn't make her you know at times you know using her femininity but she was like i'm a tough as nails woman and i don't need anyone you know to save me and she's taken charge over over the uh um the series yeah she's she was she started off as the damsel in distress and slowly but surely becomes 
a, a major swashbuckling somewhat pirate herself and just leading to, I mean, I know for a lot of like, for me personally, I think the third film is, is a tad long, uh, you know, comes in, I think about two hours and 45 minutes or something like that. It's pretty long, but that whole last 25 minutes with the whirlpool and the giant, you know, the giant big end sequence of that world's end where they're really trying to take down uh, Davy Jones and they're trying to get the heart. I mean, it, it's just like, it's epic. <laughs> it's the only word I can think of is epic. Uh, the two ships going around the circle and all oh that. Oh my gosh. And I just love when um, Jack's flying around on the, uh, the rigging and uh, just, just again, going bigger and a little absurd, but still just epic. I mean, when they're fighting on the mast together, and I just remember the trailers when that's all, and when you see that in there, I'm like, this is, yeah. There was just oh, so many great... And stuff. another little throwback to the the ride itself is, you know, obviously in part two, uh, we get introduced to Tia Dama and you know, a little bit more of the voodoo uh, situation. Yeah. Well, so uh, a little bit the, of... The, talk about the swamps and the Yeah, the, the swamp bayou, and yeah. the bayou a little bit as where the ride starts. And obviously... Knowing that, uh, at least in Disneyland, New Orleans Square, you know, I know Disney World has Liberty Square. Uh, so a little bit of that kind of, you know, uh, placement of location. But um, yeah, Dead Man's Chest, it ended up grossing worldwide over a billion dollars. And at World's End just came shy of about, about 37 million shy of a billion. So uh, part two and part three made them a lot of money oh yeah it did very well and the cool thing was definitely because of the success of these movies um as we kind of hit to do earlier disney did take uh, a little initiative to update the ride a little bit yes they did um not to the point where they like fully made it a this is a curse of the black pearl ride they did a really cool thing where they added johnny depp into the ride kind of a little cross thing like we talked about how there's little uh Easter eggs from the ride in the movie. There's little Easter eggs from the movie into the ride, and yes, they added. And I think a couple times I I know you, and then you like it's like Jack Sparrow's just throughout there, like he's popping. Yeah, I think I think it's three or four times um, that uh, I think actually it might be four times total um, that they added an animatronic, and it's you know uh, very like life lifelike to Johnny's uh, version of Jack, the costume and everything, and it's just fun that he pops up here and there. And then there would be things that they would add here and there, like there would be and some changes. Actually, they did. You to know kind of that update. first yeah. uh, that first part when you go in to you see the big kind of ship battle going on. There's always the guy you know he's been there and he's been yelling at the crew and everything. They changed that to Barbosa, which was really cool. They had uh, Jeffrey Rush, you know, say a few lines, and then there would be that point where you go in before you get to that scene. There would be like a mist curtain. And at times it'd be Davy Jones talking to you. And then down the line, we got Blackbeard for a time when On Stranger Tides came out. So they've put little things into the ride. Also, I love, um, uh, I don't know if they had it in Disney World. They might have, but I know at Disneyland side, when you're going through those first, the caverns in the very beginning, and you see like the, the you know, there's the pirate guy doing the ship skeleton. And there's like, you know, the skeletons that are like looking at gold and everything. One little thing has the chest that had all the, curse of black pearl which is really cool so like yeah little little easter eggs for you little things to find which i think was really cool concept and with modern times though they did update it to make it a little bit more um more appropriate of course you know i think that was oh yes 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 it was a smart choice there you know there were 
um, a the pirate men of the time were having their ways with the women. And uh, they did a little bit more where the women were chasing the men or it was like, you know, pirates are chasing pirates. So they did make it a little bit more, I think, appropriate, especially with Me Too movement and things like that. And I think that's been a great thing on a subtopic that Disney has been doing a lot of updating on their rides uh, with modern times. And I think it's good because, I mean, again, keeping authentic, but also keeping respectable and um you know, realizing as times change, we have to look at things with different lenses, which I think is really cool. But I do think it's been awesome that, you know, a lot of these franchises and pirates, I think was, has been one, I think was one of the first ones to really kind of update its ride, you know, based on, you know, what was going on and stuff, which was great. Yes. It, and really you look at nowadays, so many things are based on IPs and, you know, the movie concept to a ride. So I think, uh, pirates was definitely one that, um, kind of started that initiative that broke the uh, mold yeah. broke the mold you know taylor let's take a little break let's go get a, uh you know let's go get some rum mm-hmm. um and we'll uh, come back and we'll talk more about the other films and how this franchise has continued to grow sounds good matey all right savvy jack We are definitely lost. This map leads to nowhere. Master William, that is because I gave you a fake map, Savvy. A fake map? Well, I had to keep you occupied. Problem? Problem? We have spent two days on this island and have found nothing. Perhaps you aren't looking hard enough, my dear. Ahem, Mr. Gibbs. Aye, Captain. Any sign of the Permite? Ah, not yet, Captain. But I'll keep an eye out, near your mind. Listen, do you hear that? I told you to grab it. Well, you know me, Bottlefingers. Got that from him father's side. You were adopted. Funny, ain't it? I look just like him. Well, if it isn't my two favourite pirates. Hello, Poppet. Did you hear that? She said we're her favourite. Well, what does that make me, then? Most congeniality. No time to argue. We've spotted the pearl. And the Dutchman is with her as well. What do we do, Jack? William, you follow that map. You said it was fake. But of course, it's upside down. You lied. Pirate. So, Governor... Where be your daughter? Where be ye? Good God, man! Who taught you English? I wouldn't be making fun here. Otherwise you'll walk the plank, Swanee. Mm, otherwise you'll walk the plank? Quiet! Where is Jack Sparrow? He has a debt to pay. You know, have you ever heard of cologne? You smell like calamari. Ha 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 ha. Good one, Beckett. I'll see who smells when I'm through with you. Ah, look, there on the coast. I see the fools now. They'll lead us right to the prize. Yes, but you can't go on land. Remember? And you can't digest gluten. Remember? Yes. Dig faster. They're coming. I've only got one shovel there, mate. Well, 
Look what I found here. Elizabeth and two traitors. Uh, technically, only one traitor. I'm more like a third-party acquaintance. Enough! Elizabeth, come with me. As for you two, you shall face the Queen's wrath. I've seen her backside before, mate. It's not so bad. How dare you. Get ready to feel the sting of my blade. Not so fast. You'll remember this the day that you almost caught Captain Jack. Well, well done, Mr. Gibbs. Thank you, Captain. I found it. Let me see it. Oi! Behold, the greatest treasure in the Seven Seas. There they are. Get them. Mr. Sparrow, we meet again. Ah, Mr. Wighead. And Hector, you look lovely. Love the hat. You're welcome to have some if you like. Are you sure, Jack? Aye. Mmm. Mmm. It's so delicious. What is this? Crunch. Crunch cereal? There should be a captain somewhere in there. Captain Crunch? Eat up, me hearties. Yo-ho! Over 50 years, the Pirates of the Caribbean has been part of the magic of Disney, giving birth to a franchise of swashbuckling, pillaging, plundering, and adventure. Bringing to life iconic characters like Jack Sparrow, Will Turner, Elizabeth Swan, Barbosa, and the dreaded Davy Jones. Well now, Disney is proud to announce a whole lineup of what's coming next. From feature films, new series, products, and specials, we can't wait to head back to the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean, why is all the rum gone? Oh ship, pirate ship builders. Pirates of the Caribbean, where there's a will, there's a way. Pirates of the Caribbean, shiver me timbers. Check out this booty. Survivor, Tortuga. Pirates, you don't know Jack. Pirates of the Caribbean, Harry Man's Chest. Or check out the new line of games from Milton Bradley. Battleship, you sunk my pirate ship. Or the college drinking game that all kids are talking about. Get your own grog. So grab your compass, drink up me hearties, and set sail for adventure. We're going back to the high seas, and it's a pirate life for all of us. And we're back. Well, that was fun. Well, now we know why all the rum's gone. Anyway. Yes. Uh, so it was so good going back through the original three, of course, you know, thinking, oh, this is going to be a trilogy. But mm -hmm. that uh, was not the case. And I think it was Dead Man's Chest that they had said, this is just the start of something bigger. Uh, it's like um, Die Hard. This is simply the beginning. Um, well, we always say we always say money talks, and it definitely does. It, it definitely does, and uh, you know, and, and pirate world gold talks. Gold makes gold. Makes the gold the makes gold the talks. But yes, we down the line got a fourth film on Stranger Tides. This was the first film to not be directed by Gore Verbinski. Uh, Rob Marshall came in to direct this one. And this was, uh, this came out in 2011. And this one, it was neat because it was like, oh, okay, we had that little hint in the third film of that cool map that, you know, was like, we need to, you know, use this, this map that you can kind of <laughs> jigsaw around 
And there was that little hint to the idea of the fountain of youth. And of course, being that uh, we've had a curse that makes you live for a long time, we've had dead man's chest, you know, if you become Davy Jones, there always has to, you know, there always has to be someone running the ship. And there's all these myths and stuff. So obviously the fountain of youth being another mythos of, uh, you know, pirate lore, just, you know, kind of lore looking back to things like the Holy Grail and stuff. So I thought this was a cool concept of oh, they're going to try to go find the uh, fountain of youth. And, you know, getting the introduction of mermaids in this, uh, you know, obviously another famous uh, fantasy, you know, mythological creature that is based on not only just pirate lore, but, just, you know, everyone loves mermaids and no, but, but of, of the sea, you know, there's a lot of things from the sea and getting the introduction of Blackbeard. I think, you know, for the, the, the general population, if they don't know a lot about pirates, they've probably heard of Blackbeard. At least, you know, that's a pretty famous uh, pirate name that a lot of people know of. So uh, which which was exciting to have a, a new villain introduced and uh, how his ship works and um, and obviously really using 3D for the first time was really a big concept for on Stranger Tides. Um, I just remember when um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ian, Ian McShane. plays Ian McShane. <laughs> There would be points where he would like point the sword like right, right at the like, audience, you know. It's coming right out at you. And this was also fun when we had uh, Penelope Cruz as you know, like a former lover of Jack Sparrow and kind of an equal and kind of you know. Yeah, and character. then we get another film with them because um, I remember they did Blow uh, years ago. Yes, yeah. So a, a great and fun uh, fact about Penelope Cruz during this movie, it's hidden very well. She was pretty pregnant during a lot of this movie. <laughs> which uh, is kind of crazy, but this was, a, this was, it was, this was the first f uh, film too, where we did not have Will and Elizabeth in this no. film. Um, we had a new, a new pair of young characters um, who were fine. They didn't really, uh, you know, replace the, the, that whole for me, but um, we also have Barbosa back in this. So it was a new adventure um, for me personally it's the weakest of the franchise um there's things i do like in it i think the mermaids are really cool um there's some fun fight scenes but it's not one that i personally feel is highly memorable there was some cool stuff in it overall and i like that okay like for example i think it was this film right that um blackbeard has like little ships in jars captured and so yeah, like yeah. he has the black pearl like in a jar which will come into play in the uh fifth film um, but you know, anything that comes off your head from On Stranger Tides, I know a lot of people, the, the mermaids are probably the most uh, memorable part from this film that uh, was remembered. Because they're creepy. They're, they're the typical, you know, how, how mermaids were actually always said to be these sirens of the water that would lure men into the water. And then they're actually very evil and, and kill you. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. And going back to, I agree personally you know, if I go back and want to watch a film, I, I, it was a, it was a letdown for me, the film, just, just the feel of the film, the atmosphere. Um, it just, you know, I, I did like some of the good action pieces. I thought Ian McShane played a really good, played a really good pirate. And I thought he was like good formidable, but, um, it, it, it definitely doesn't stand like to me, like something I, I would always go back and return to fondly, but, I did like what stood out to me is I, I love the idea of going to the fountain of youth and, and going, that was something that 
is so uh, you know Ponce de Leon, and and I think that's something that's been so cool, uh, a bar- bit of that that lore and uh, mythos surrounding that you know the fountain of youth. That's been something that I've always found fascinating. But that that was probably one of the the main things. I, but I did like the whole ships and jars thing because it you know, always made me laugh when I'd see a ship in a jar. Like how the heck did it get in there? Um, it was also I also thought it was funny that um, Barbosa, um, I believe it's right this film. Yeah, at this point he now has a peg leg yeah but it's a peg leg that also becomes a a wine glass or like you know he pulls it's it apart it's like, like a little it, cask yeah it's a little, it's cask. Like a little cask you yeah. know um and like the, that whole the opening sequence i thought you know is, is pretty funny you know jack and he's kind of been captured by some you know a, a british governor kind of situation him kind of escaping but i just overall yeah it's one that i don't like of the five it's not one that i i look at as uh the best of the bunch um it's not a bad film by any means but it's not one of my faves but that film came out in 2011 and then there was a huge huge break until we would get the fifth film i think the problem was first and foremost at this point johnny depp was working like a mofo i mean he was doing you know he then became a, a huge uh, success doing being back working with tim Burton. you know he was doing the Alice in Wonderland films and he was doing Willy Wonka and he did Dark Shadows and Sweeney Todd. He had been doing all these other movies and I think maybe just a script had not come out that they really liked. Um, And, you know, as as things happen, sometimes things just take a while. But then we did get news that there was going to be this fifth film, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Great title being that... um, that's such a famous part of the ride itself is that's like the catchphrase, if you will. Mm -hmm, Yeah. Um, But yeah, we got 2017, we got the fifth film and this was interesting because we had Javier Bardem on as our villain Salazar, who like, you know, looking at the evolution from the first film to now of how, how do we keep improving on the franchise, but don't repeat the franchise I thought this was pretty cool. Uh, this was, you know, especially now with CGI, we're seeing a lot of this with Disney, especially. We're seeing ways to do flashback scenes to show younger versions of characters. And of course, you know, <laughs> I think a lot of people have thought, well, obviously we can't have Johnny Depp do a whole film in CGI to be younger unless it's animated. But it'd be kind of neat to see like a whole prequel movie of how he became captain jack sparrow you know it's like he, he wasn't just born i would say you know. i would look i would enjoy a whole other trilogy leading up to black pearl i think that would be pretty epic but yeah that was so cool to see that like okay we never got a lot of past jack and i think there's so many stories to tell that that was kind of cool okay this is smart let's go back to jack when he was still this young you know uh whippersnapper of a pirate yeah <laughs> Yeah, and how, you know, how how did he get the, the compass, the black pearl? How did he kind of become this famous? And how he was a little cocky, um, which I thought was kind of cool. And it, it was a fun scene. And I think the way that they, this whole devil's triangle and, you know, a little bit of play to um, the Bermuda Triangle myth of, you know, many ships being lost at sea in that area. Um, there was a lot of cool concepts in this and the way that they design salazar you know the all him and his whole crew this was like so it was just so cool it looks like he's underwater 
all the time, even when he's not. So his hair is constantly flowing and it, you know, part of his skin is kind of peeling apart. And, and then the concept of the trident of the Poseidon having this giant staff that if you were to break it, it would break all these curses. And, you know, it, it, it was kind of a, a big, I think a big pull to be like, all right, we have to kind of go very bold here because it's been a long time. You know, it's been the biggest break since our last film. And getting back Barbosa, um, we had Orlando Bloom back, which was kind of nice to see because we knew that he became, uh, you know, the Part captain of the, crew, of the Dutchman. The yep. So it's like, well, where, 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 where has he been? You know, we want to see what he's been doing. The problem for me of this film, and I think uh, this has a lot to do, which we'll get into in the you know, next topic as we talk about how they're going to continue this franchise is, you know, if you've been seeing a lot of the reports the last uh, two years or so of all the stuff that's been happening in Johnny Depp with his, uh, his, his issues with Amber Heard, um, there was a lot of reports that during the filming of this, he was just a, a mess. He was drunk a lot. And I think the character showed that. I think, as I mentioned earlier, Jack Sparrow always seemed like the fool that played the fool but was smarter than everyone well yeah and like that's i think that's the, the the best part of the first movie was you didn't know does he have a plan and or is he you know or is, is he, he just, just is he just lucky it, but no it's like he's been he's been planning everything he's you know very skilled he is i mean obviously he, he, being a captain he knows kind of thinking ahead but he knows how to be in his feet whereas like okay no Okay, can talk about method acting <laughs> a little too much, buddy. Come on, and it just it just played it played that like you could tell, um, like that whole opening sequence is them kind of taking this uh, bank vault situation, maybe a little a uh, little hint off of Fast Five or whatever which one it is. <laughs> We're taking and, it, um, taking this absurd, and it's just like you could just tell that he, it's it's not the there's so much more that they could have played with that character. Um, throughout this film i mean well what i think is the the what could be uh problematic for the franchise is we've we've built it on the shoulders of one character yes and again johnny depp has done an amazing job for this character i mean this is probably one of his most kind of characters he brought us something very unique and will stand the test of time but the thing is you know what we had great for the first three films is we did have Will and Elizabeth, and they were very fun characters that we did enjoy. I did want to see how their story went, but once they're gone, it's like you, every one of these other movies since has like characters we don't care about. So I think that's the thing. Yeah, because it wasn't it, Dead Man No Tells. It was uh, Will's Will and Elizabeth's son. Yeah, was one of the characters, and then, and then we had, this, and then Barbosa's, Barbosa's daughter. Barbosa's daughter out of nowhere. Now we're now we're just kind of grasping straws, which we're again, grasping we, for other characters, and it's like we don't really need that, and. I think, yeah, something, as you just said, Jack wasn't the main character in the first three films. No. He was obviously a very strong supporting character, and he was the character that people love, but he was not the lead character for this journey. And now with four and five, they put him as a lead character, and it didn't work as well. It's like, the, it's the thing is less is more. It's like, it's like, it's too much Jack. But I, I did like... And I, <laughs> just Jack. Um, just jack um, grace we have a lot of reference in this episode yes. right? we've been on fire uh well yeah i think the barbosa with jeffrey rush you know having him kind of come back and then the third one was great because i think they realized he had such a great character and they they keep killing him off and maybe they're coming back and he's been talks of like maybe i'd come back if they have a new spin for me you know i'll do it but i think we need to what the great thing about this franchise has shown the films is that 
you know, there's you can create a lot of great characters you can support. And there, and if any other franchise has taught, taught us anything, you know, you think about the Marvel Universe, you think about Star Wars, you can build movies without having the main characters or the ones that kind of started it all. Like, there are so many characters. I mean, we got Blackbeard, we did. But do, you know, Redbeard. I mean, if I grow my beard long enough, you can call me Redbeard. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, let, there's so many other characters we could do. Let's create a new character. And people will get behind it because people are you know are you thirsty for more kids we are we want to go back to the caribbean uh, or caribbean however you pronounce it uh so i think saying something that you know we don't no offense we don't need jack sparrow to create a good pirates film yeah and you know that actually now is the case because even though that movie it did fairly well um it didn't do as well as two, three, and four did better than the first film. But again, the first film I think was a surprise. And this is 2003 compared to 2017. Obviously ticket prices are much more and everything, but then there was this pause, you know, the, the way that that film ended, there was that little uh, post-credit scene there where you know, know, Will, yes. Will is either, he, 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 he thinks he's seen David Jones come back, but I think it was a little bit of the concept of, he's going to turn into Davy Jones, you know, like he's cursed now because um, you have to remember that because of the trident being broken, it means all curses are broken. So maybe, maybe Davy Jones is still alive or, you know, who knows? And it, and it, you know, I hate when that stuff happens, it leaves you hanging. You're like, okay, well, is that going to amount to anything or not? So now we have this idea of a sixth film and also a spinoff film. Uh, and maybe, you know, who knows? So there is, demand to to continue the franchise but remember thing that i've read and heard is that uh because of all the situation with amber heard uh johnny depp is no longer going to be playing jack sparrow that character is done for now unless uh something changes or they do or do a young jack sparrow and again or a young yeah look who you see with disney plus we could we could see we could have a jack sparrow series jack's young the young jack sparrow and i think or it's called sparrow yeah just call it sparrow (laughs) and then all the fans of arrow will be like oh i like that yeah (laughs) you have failed the ship we know margot robbie is a chacha star and one of these films and i believe the writers of deadpool were, were attached to pen one of these films so there is still going to be something ahead uh based for this pirate franchise yeah, but where we'll talked go about, even talk about karen gillen uh who we know of course from the jumanji series and uh marvel's nebula She's so great that, yeah. yeah gorge um so i mean i'm i'm intrigued to see what they can do because there is so there's still so many stories so many characters so many things they can do i just think that it's going to be interesting if johnny's not involved how that will affect the franchise because there is a lot of people out there that definitely will be like, I won't go if he's not in it. Yeah, exactly. And um, which could be a, a tough thing. But I mean, as we've seen with Star Wars and other, you know, franchises, you can't have, uh, you can't rely on uh, the, the same character forever and ever. But um, it'll be interesting to see what they do. But, you know, five films so far, a uh, huge franchise for that. Another big thing that uh, has happened for the Pirate series is, of course, video games. I haven't played a ton of the standalone video games, but the ones that I have enjoyed has been a part of the Kingdom Hearts series, which I know you're also a big fan of. If you didn't listen to our episode earlier this season with Jennifer Sunbell, you should go check it out because we talk all things Kingdom Hearts. But And she's amazing. And she's amazing. But remember when two uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 came out? That was the first time they had a whole parts of the caribbean 
you know, one of the worlds was, was which was, all which was so cool scene. because these are all animated characters. And then this was like, now you're going to a live action film, which was a really cool blend. And the character actors did a pretty good job. I thought for, for doing that. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, it wasn't, I, I don't know. I can't, I don't know who of the actual cast provided their voices or if any, but <laughs> if any, uh, which is sometimes the case with live action to video games, but it was a fun, like, you know, it was like Port Royal, uh, and you going around and then kind of having to take ships and go find the actual like treasure troves and getting to fight Barbosa and and then going into the third one, which is even better because now you had the open world where you're yeah. taking the ship out and it was like, oh my gosh, I can sail to island to island and look for look for treasure. But of course, I actually did play a couple of the games, the spinoff games from the Pirate series. There are um, a couple of them, like for Game Boy, I played, which were a lot of fun. And then there was maybe one that I played, which they weren't. Again, whenever you do a video game from a movie series, it, it can be hit or miss. I think Kingdom Hearts is one of the most successful to have that. I think what it was a big inspiration for a video game series already established, it might have been, I don't know, but uh, you we you very familiar of course with the Assassin Creed films, uh, when they have yeah, about to say uh their their Black Flag right Black, uh, oh yeah Black Flag was just mm-hmm. incredible because that was that open concept like there is no other game besides I guess Kingdom Hearts but there hasn't been really any games where you can play a pirate I think that is a a very missed opportunity. Uh, for that, you know, kind of that franchise and that world building. Uh, but in those games, you actually can like um, uh, hunt for hunt for whales and, and, and things like sharks. Oh, and, wow. things like that. and you actually can you can actually die for treasure and you have to like pop up for like it had like the um, I don't know what it was, but it was kind of cool. You could die for, for treasure and like you'd avoid sharks and things oh, like that. Okay. So it was kind of cool. Well, I think the pirate I think these movies definitely did reinvigorate the pirate genre. Um, You know, obviously that is one video game that definitely happened, but you know, we've had shows like black sales and Mm -hmm, we had, you know, we've had pirate movies. I mean, uh, one that comes to mind, I don't know if a lot of people have seen it, but I love it. You know, um, if you know the the company that did Wallace and Gromit and all those uh, fun animation films, they had the pirates band of misfits was a really hilarious kind of uh, meta movie that (laughs) had a lot of funny pirate moments in it. But again, thinking back that the pirate genre kind of died. Uh, these movies definitely took uh, the pirate genre to a whole new level. Uh, probably the biggest and best it's ever been. And we know that we do have a new uh, Treasure Island on the way. And, um, you know, there's, you know, obviously a lot of people have maybe some hope that of all the Disney remakes that um, they'll do a live action remake of Treasure Planet would be really cool. Um, but definitely the pirate genre has uh, kicked off a lot. And even think of something like... Um, once upon a time, you know, having Captain Hook be a pivotal part of that. And there's been rumors of if there's a way to have Captain Hook be involved in one of the pirate movies. You know, there's been I, I've seen a fun fan film on YouTube of Jack Sparrow versus Captain Hook. And, you know, there's been different, of course, variations. Peter Pan, Peter Pan probably being one of the more famous uh, pirate, you know, a, a, a character that has parts in it. Obviously, Captain Hook being a very famous part captain. So I feel like it definitely did invigorate the series again. It, it made people think, oh, pirates are viable. The, uh, you know, swashbuckling and all that is something that people uh, really do enjoy. They, they enjoy the adventure, the romance, the, the, the little bit of the eeriness, the, the, um, you know, the supernatural element and, you know, seeing pirates that are dead underwater and seeing pirates that are ghosts and all this kind of stuff. And there's still so much more room to grow. 
and also they've they've apart from the pirates ride itself um disney of course has has included pirate elements in a lot of their shows and things at the parks um there's the great show world of color at california adventure which is a huge water spectacle show if you've ever been to the bellagio in vegas and seen that it's kind of like that but way better and um it has all these show elements to it and they've included a pirates uh moment pretty much since the beginning and uh when a new movie would come out they would do a little uh, shout out to that um and then for those fans of phantasmic for the longest time um i don't i don't know if disney world has done this as well they might have phantasmic and disneyland for the longest time since it ever opened the big pirate ship when it comes around in the show was a peter pan moment it was peter pan and the lost boys and wendy taking on captain hook and the pirates now it is jack sparrow and fighting like pirates dead pirates and barbosa and all this stuff so they had like they made it into parts of the caribbean themed and i know like the castle show that happens at uh walt disney world has a lot of pirates elements to it and then the coolest concept i think that i you know i would love to go to i think you and i'd be fun we should uh we should take a ship a trip to shanghai it'd be a lot of fun they have a new parts of the caribbean ride in shanghai that definitely has uh, taken advantage of the technology of today. And so it is a still a, a water boat ride that you go through, but there's huge rooms with giant screens. And so it makes it actually look like you're underwater and there's all this cool stuff. If you ever want to check it out, there's an awesome couple POV videos on YouTube. Um, and now Davy Jones is involved in that heavily and you see the crack and I'm yeah, like, it means point hey, of view, folks. Yeah. I'm if you don't know what sure. that means. Yeah. Um, but Ah, it looks so cool. It looks so oh, that's cool. really I have not known that I don't have to check this out, but you know what I think would be a great opportunity, obviously, as you know, now the cruise industry is starting to make a comeback um, as we're slowly um setting sail, all these different companies. You know, I think what could be a an opportunity, it might have been a missed opportunity, but there's still a chance that the Disney cruise lines uh could do like um these charter cruises where it's all pirates theme, you know, and deck the ship. Well, out I know and- I know that they have they have pirate shows on the ship, um, a couple of the ships. I know that you can meet Jack Sparrow, and I know what they do is on the open deck, uh, the top deck, they do um, a pirate show. And on some of their private islands, some of the key, uh, the little keys they have, they do like, you know, you go into the island and Jack Sparrow's there to welcome you and stuff like that, and kind of, kind of an ode to when he was marooned, um, you know, in the first film. So, but yeah, so, oh man. I, there is definitely so much more uh, to be had, not just, you know, film, but past film and into attractions and everything like that. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see for the franchise, if, you know, past Jack, what, you know, what characters or what things that we can come up with, because there is so much to the pirate lore and, 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 you know, historical events that I think they could still build on and then they could create this. So there's not, any shortage of history to lean on but also again these creative minds have come up with these characters and ideas there's no um there's no shortage of ideas out there and you just look at how this pirates franchise has launched a a new subgenre of film which is films based off attractions um you know obviously after pirates came out disney thought oh let's try the haunted mansion uh that one didn't work out so well uh (laughs) Uh, it's pretty pretty funny and cheesy uh but uh not really the best you know if you think you're gonna do a haunted mansion movie 
you got to make a creepy haunted mansion movie, not some you know goofy. Um, I love Eddie Murphy, but uh, that wasn't a risk casting. But we you know this month we got Jungle Cruise coming out, which yeah, is going to exactly. be really exciting. And I know they're getting a remake. You, you you mentioned this to me before we start recording. Uh, for those of you you know fans of Disney original movies, they had the. Uh, the Tower of Terror, they're going to be with uh, Steve Guttenberg and Kristen Dunst back in the day, which when I was a kid was pretty scary. Uh, but, of course, they're talking about revamping that. And again, based off, you know, Twilight Zone properties, um, maybe they'll do one for Rock and Roller Coaster, Aerosmith. Uh, <laughs> yeah, knows? but they're going to they're gonna have a new movie, uh, and Scarlett Johansson is attached to Star. And I've also read that Space Mountain is looked at to have some kind of uh, film attached to it. You know, the one I really want them to do if they were to have to, you know, choose an attraction to make a, a, a movie off of. Over here on the West Coast, we have the Matterhorn Bobsleds, which has um, the Abominable Snowman in it. There's like two, oh, depending, yeah. what, depending which track you're on, there's two. I've always been like, why hasn't there been some kind of cool movie where like it's, you know, uh, or, the, or even like look at um, Expedition Everest at Animal Kingdom. Like there needs to be some movie where like it's a bunch of explorers going up a mountain and then obviously they discover like a Yeti or a bottle of snowman. And it's like, it's the, it's the, you know, there's some maybe cool, uh, you know, lair they find and like, there's some gem or something and they had to like escape the mountain. I'm like, give us that movie. That'd be you, awesome. You almost like, basically did a bit of the plot of Congo <laughs> with the monkeys. Well, it's a little, it's a little yeah. It's Congo mixed with Uncharted Congo mixed 2. With, yeah. Uncharted 2. Um, mixed with the mummy three. <laughs> There you go. There you go. I'm I'm down for that because make it a little scary, a little edgy, and there's yeah. not been a lot of. I mean, the last big uh, uh, Yeti or Bigfoot movie we had was Harry and the Hendersons. Let's get an edgier, you know, more frightening one. I I just I'd know that when that. they when they make the teacups into a a, a ride uh, into a movie, we're 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 reaching the bottom. I when they make a great moments to Mr. Lincoln into a movie, we're, we're square. Hey, the, I want the Carousel of Progress. You know that's that's where we need oh, to go. Oh, there to. we go. Oh gosh. Stay but tuned. Now, now yeah, and scene two 20, for twenty thirty Carousel of Progress review. <laughs> But yeah, who knows what's happening? But I'm so glad we got to talk about this because again, what a what a tremendous franchise that you know we grew up in our teens, and you know we were there from the beginning, and it's you know we've still got a, some stuff on the horizon. But um, you know we hope you guys enjoy this. You know what are your thoughts? If you uh, talk about your favorite pirates moments, of course you know always uh, check let us know. Things. Yeah, comment on our social media. Or Give us your best Jack Sparrow impression. That's what I would like to oh, see. Oh yeah, Seve. Uh, it oh, should nice. be a captain in this summer. You know, Taylor, this might be the worst podcast I've ever heard. But you have heard of it. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're pretty good. So, yeah. Well, thanks, guys, for checking out our pirate episode. It was a blast. Blast! Blast me, hearties! Yeah. (laughs) And a couple of bad eggs. Bring up. Don't make an omelet with that. Don't make an omelet with that. (laughs) That'd be horrible. That'd be horrible for breakfast. Oh, let's go. Maybe a little rum chata. And now I know where the rum's gone again. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know know your your potential. potential.